to be live right now. I had uh, imagined this moment as I saw this time approaching noon. Yeah, it's like well, very sultry music. I know what happens at noon. At noon, I'm here. I'm in this location, and I'm on this microphone. Mm -hmm. And the thing about like consistency and habits is that the more you do them, the less you have to think about doing them. The more automatic they become. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta, you know, set up those. You gotta get through that initial phase of friction where you're creating the new habit or altering or holding yourself to a particular agenda uh-huh. and then after you get over that hump it actually feels weird do not doing it yeah 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 it feels mo- harder to not do it it has a complete flip at one point but you don't notice the flip happening it's a, it's a contra- it's kind of a blind contribution to an idea mm-hmm. and then once you've stacked enough in favor of that contribution, it now has enough, a bit, uh, strong enough foundation that you it's kind of autopilot. Mm-hmm. But that's like building, all, well, I use the term autopilot. <laughs> At least it's not it's like building. It's like building things in general, right? It's systems. Yeah. It's the power of systems. You implement things that are seemingly complex initially and then they become commonplace eventually yeah and when you miss it it feels like a void when you don't do it or you don't even notice yourself doing it it's just such a habit like i remember when this show wasn't live and and there was friction around it being live it's like well just imagine all the things that can go wrong Remember that, that was me. You remember that phase? Yeah. And I think Mo was in the same frame of mind. And now it's just live. Yeah. It just is. It's more natural. For me, it was about dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> and I've <laughs> always been kind of scared about that. But what would even happen if you did? I mean, obviously, you, you might, I guess, if there's enough of it or if it's early enough in the video. And I don't even necessarily follow the news on that because there was a recent YouTube alteration in is it more lenient on uh, less lenient where it's a certain amount of profanity early in the video Uh which would i don't know if it age gates the video but it definitely changes the advertiser relationship where it's now considered not suitable for some advertisers and so in the gaming community and stuff like that, where I guess profanity is more commonplace, well, I don't want to lump everything together, but that seems to be the group that I heard talking about it. Mm-hmm. They, be, they became cognizant of specifically of swearing early in the video. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's all you have to worry about, Will. Okay, I'll <laughs> drop my F-bombs at the end. You just save it for the end, and then you'll be all set. Happy birthday, Optimus Prime. It's Optimus Prime's birthday today. Oh, okay. The leaders of the Transformers. Oh, man. Uh, Shout out to everybody who's here today. Everybody uh, who likely has the notification button enabled. That little bell because, you know, how else are you going to know when this thing goes live? You have mere, mere moments to join in, to respond. 
and to have lunch with Lou later, which is what we do every day. Now, granted, yeah. you got to be in the right time zone to have lunch with Lou later. Otherwise, you might be having breakfast with Lou later. But it doesn't matter yeah. whatever your meal of the day, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Even if it's after the fact and you want to throw it on at dinner time, we like to support all your meal habits. Uh huh. Always grab a snack. <laughs> a good time or your snack habits uh-huh. meal habits snack habits do you have any tesla news today any rants you want to go through tesla specifically uh no just in general well you know like the weather's better so now it's okay. it's a the all a lot of the anxiety has been alleviated right um i have just noticed that it's it's sticking at its actual kilometer prediction yes. with even just right around zero degrees Celsius. Uh-huh. It's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. not. It was really that c- critical cold, cold snap. that that just changed momentarily changed my relationship with EVs. But it's it's how many people are living in a climate that's that cold for an extended period of time i know people do i hear yeah. you i i saw people Saskatchewan, like I, I, people do manitoba no, no hey man people do yeah but i gotta believe that those people are more aware than the average that they well that they should be more skeptical on the ev front i sure. just feel like that sure. group of people is already aware of that or definitely have access to a charge station whether it's your house or nearby i'll tell you something that i did discover because i was filming this video yesterday uh with the portable power bank the like large scale portable power bank okay a a short video it'll i don't know it's not out yet but it'll be out soon and i was i was discovering something about charging your tesla with a external source like whether it's uh large scale power bank or if it's even a generator even a gas generator if in a pinch you just needed to like boost your car the gas generator the tesla doesn't like it by default even if you've got the right connector and and i even had an rv style plug on this power bank Mm. for even more power delivery thinking that one can output 2400 watts something like that uh peak so I bought this adapter, which goes into the mobile connector to test this out. But the Tesla got mad right away. It's like, brother, no, Mm. we're not going to be using this power bank right now. Even if the power's there, the unit is not effectively grounded. And and, And so, well, what can you do? You plug in the power bank and then it's immediately grounded. Right, just by plugging in the wall. But how how is that going to help you on the side of the road when the, if the tow truck right. tow truck driver boost guy shows up and he's like, well, let's get you a few km's worth of charge? No good. So there's a device, and this is the full disclaimer because I don't know how much of the description is going to fit into the short video, but there's a little device that kind of tricks the power bank into feeling grounded. Okay. And what that does is it's a uh, it, it's a bonding plug, uh, ground bonding plug, I believe is the name of it. And it, yeah, and it just, it's like a really low tech solution for fake grounding that device, which is not effectively grounded at that moment. It just sits in one of the power ports, one of gotcha. the outputs. Now, I then went into this boatload of research. I'm like, well, how safe is that? Like, we're, we're tricking the Tesla. And they're like, well, most of the time it's it's no problem. And But listen, if you, you're going to need one of these 
with this big external power bank that you want to carry around or have as an emergency. Mm. Or if you want to use a gas generator in order because your Tesla will just refuse to charge just straight up plugged into these yeah. devices. This it's, is actually quite useful and it's small. It looks just like a little cut off plug. Yeah. So they go for like it's around like 25, bucks. 25 bucks Canadian, a little less USD. You may be able to find it at your hardware store. Keep it in your car. But you can get it at uh, uh Amazon, obviously, what can't you get at Amazon? So that's, I guess, a little a little tip. But you got to do your own research. You can also make one on your own. I believe all you have to do is oh, attach. Gosh. Yeah, you just have to attach the neutral wire to the ground on the outlet. That's your trickery. But like I'm saying, do your own research as far as uh, safety and, and so forth. And probably still only use the household plug once you go to charge. And if your power bank has a bigger output, like a, in this case, the RV style plug, mm-hmm. I feel like the risk factors increase with the amount of power delivery. So you go do your thing, do your due diligence, but this works. You plug this baby in and bang, your Tesla's happy. It's like, yeah, we're charging. It's not charging very fast, but it's like, yeah, we're charging. About three kilometers an hour or something like that. Oh, okay. But you're in a pinch, though. Yeah. You're in a pinch. Maybe you're off grid, though. Sure. Yeah. You want to get you to the next charge station. Listen, man. You wanted a tidbit, I gave you a tidbit. You want a timbit, I can't help you. But a tidbit, I'll give you a tidbit. Right. Although everybody else, everybody's been picking up cookies and so forth these days. That's what the thing is about. Yeah. Cinnamon raisin cookies or whatever it happens to be. Big fan. Uh, Here's how much it's actually going to cost Apple to make the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Cost, we're talking about like basically what their margin is basically how much they can generate in profit per unit sold apple has 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 done so well at the supply chain mastery negotiations and having a profit margin that really is the envy of the entire industry which is why can't yeah. why can't we charge that much? why can't we make that much what's going on here and we talked about tesla actually speaking of it the other day how their margins were looking real hot next to other companies getting into EVs. However, they've been doing EVs longer. But Apple, you know, they got that premium status. They got that customer base. And they got that negotiation power. When they go in, they say, nah, you know what? That little component right there, here's what we want to pay for it. And then and they just like got their hands yeah. going like that. Master and, Hagglers. And then all of a sudden you see the owner of the factory, the company doing the manufacturing. like, gee, why you got to... Why you gotta squeeze me? Shake down. Why you gotta squeeze me like that? Here's what we wanna pay. Yeah, we know Samsung's paying that number. Here's what we wanna pay. (laughs) Tim Cook. We got a big order coming through. You take it or you leave it. Or we'll leave the country entirely and we'll go get it done somewhere else. That's what I find pretty impressive. To move from China to like India, Vietnam. Well, I had a story about that. You probably didn't make it in because I was, I was boom, I was doing stuff. Okay. Like I was, as far as reading was concerned, like I put in a session, sir. Yeah, I saw. I put I in. I posted a, a few. So I don't know if this one made it up or not, but it, there is actually one story I found of one of the very specific complexities on a specific component that got moved to India. But anyway. That's neither here nor there, and we'll get there another day if you didn't make it to that one on this episode. No rush, Will. I don't want you to stress. Okay, okay. I want you to stay very relaxed. All right. I want you to stay in the right state of mind, you know, that kind of uh, meditative state that you're famous for. Yeah. 
So, so show us what's it going to cost to make, or what does it cost to make an iPhone 14 Pro Max? Ooh, 464 bucks. What a margin. Let's go. Good Lord. It doesn't seem to bother anyone. Everyone's like, well, hey, man, they got to get theirs. 464 and and that's the blended bill of materials. Now, keep in mind, it's at scale. They're ordering a lot of these materials, which brings that cost down. And this is for the 128 GB storage unit. So that would be your base model 14 Pro Max. And the base model 14 Pro Max, what is the MSRP USD? What's the starting price? So we can figure out their... Now, I'm going to guess that their margins go up as the spec goes up. So as you add things like more storage and so on. Uh, is it 1199 really? 1200 bigs in USD? Yeah, I think you're right. Seems like it. 1200 bucks to start and the the cost to make is like 460. They're making money. When you move millions of these units at that margin and then yeah. people like they load up their device and then they get all their services going and then they got to get their AirPods. They got their Apple Musics and uh, their their iCloud storage because they only got the 128 GB model. Mm-hmm. Oh man, services as well. Let's see. Apple's self-designed components have a larger share in the overall material cost of the iPhone 14 Pro Max than in that of the iPhone 13 Pro Max. So, like, we also know they're designing some of their own stuff now, and they're going to be able to save some money on that as well, right? Mm-hmm. They got their own chip. We're going to do our own modem. We're going to uh, didn't they even want to get involved in displays? I don't remember. Don't 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 quote me on that. But they were trying to buy a display manufacturer. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong about that. But increasingly, they're bringing things in house to improve these margins even further. Their self-designed components account for now 22 percent of the overall materials, which still leaves a gap there. And it goes to show you. And this is all thanks to Counterpoint, by the way. They do amazing work. But it goes to show you how. Uh, the the tech segment is still relying on integration as a whole where you're having inputs from this huge variety of suppliers mm-hmm. even with everything apple has done to move things in-house and increase the amount of in-house components you're still looking at like 20 something percent yeah very impressive oh i uh i was looking at this i sent one i didn't have such a cool image of it but i like this this is cool so we're talking about a bigger MacBook Air, which is rumored to arrive April 2023, which is not that far away. And I think this is a long time coming, honestly, because the MacBook Air, is, it's, always, it's just that sweet spot, really, for the, the, the vast majority of customers. Mm-hmm. You know, from a power, perspe- power perspective, it's plenty powerful now for most people with the M stuff in there. And for a long time, it was like, okay, it's also got to be ultra portable, ultra light. So it was this 13-inch form factor. But then other manufacturers came along and they said, you know what? You can do thin and light with a bigger display. And some people who want, who don't need MacBook Pro level horsepower still might want a bigger display. Sure. Guess what? Guess what? It might, it might be their main computer. It might be... Uh, they might watch a lot of content on there. They uh-huh. might watch their movies on there. They might be, they take it over to to the university, and that's kind of their TV, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. But they don't need crazy horsepower. They don't need horses. They don't need no stinking horses. No, they're not mining, you know, Bitcoin or something. They're not mining the coins. <laughs> so why can't they just have a bigger MacBook Air? Well, guess what? 
Here's the rumor that they will get it. Display supply chain analyst Ross Young said in December the larger MacBook Air would arrive in the spring 2023. Uh, rumors of this 15-inch MacBook Air have circulated as far back as 2021. But now's the time. You know, you go out and uh, and you make it. Details on a future 15-inch MacBook Air have also been leaked by Ming-Chi Kuo. So now you got more than one uh, analyst leaking the intel. And this thing, you know, it's... If it's as thin as the MacBook Air, but with the 15-inch form factor, it's going to feel even thinner than it is. Because you know how that works with thinness? As it, as it gets even bigger, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. This it's is like a, a sheet of paper. This is a Frisbee right here. Yeah. So hopefully they maintain the crazy lightness. Like, I'll just, I'll give you an insight on that. My, uh, take my wife, for example. She's mostly in, like, uh, Google Docs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But in some circumstances, you can really utilize a little bit more display space. Yeah. But you just don't need that much power. And so she would say, I got to get this. I need the bigger display. I got to get this MacBook Pro. And I'd be like, man, that seems like a, seems like a lot. Yeah, it's kind of overkill. Just sitting there documents. all chunky and stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. Seems like a lot. Yeah. So you now all of a sudden you got a new customer over here. I think, they, I think they'll find some customers for that. Apple has expressed interest in NBA streaming rights as they continue to try to get into services business, continue to try to get into those monthly subscriptions from you. And how do you do that? Well, you got to keep pitching your programming. And they teamed up in the past with the MLB, as you know, famously, last season. Yeah, the halftime show was um, by Apple Music. Sponsored. Was it? Yeah. But I did people like the halftime show or they didn't like the halftime show? Um. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know the sentiment for that. Okay. I thought it was great. Oh, you you were big on the halftime Rihanna show. Rihanna being like just that one person, and there's no other. Singers. So you're a you're a big Rihanna then. I didn't know this. <laughs> big Rihanna. You must be. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a great. Event. Were were you were you reminded of just how many hits she had? Yeah. 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 A couple of hits in there. Missed. Uh, she didn't have pawn the replay. <laughs> oh, you, oh! So you were looking for something specific over there. That's old. That's uh, really old. Though. That was like her first main hit. That is really old, though. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, this is one way you do it. You do it with sports because people sure. notice when their sports move around. Although I have to admit, because I know a lot of baseball fans, yeah. when those games were on Apple TV, I got some complaints directed at me as if I was responsible <laughs> because like, I'm the tech guy to be like, what? Like, why? Why's it got to be like that, though? How do I find it? Where do I get it? You know, I just want to put on my channel wherever it normally is. I'd be like, hey, man, stop playing. I, I had nothing to do with it. And their production was pretty good. I thought their production, yeah. but but people also complained about their broadcasters. Like they, because oh, okay. you get used to your voices yeah, and your analysts. They'd be like, these people are clueless. Or I didn't watch enough of it to be able to give you the feedback on that. But a lot of that has to do with what just what you happen to be used to. Mm. And mm. so you get a little bit of friction with that. But NBA... That's another big brand, and and it certainly gets people's attention when you get some rights to this. Apple has expressed interest in acquiring an NBA streaming package, according to a new report from CNBC. Apple is among other interested parties that include Amazon and NBC Sports, with NBC Universal particularly interested in reacquiring NBA games. Well, they've got that going on already. NBC Universal is aiming for a deal that would allow it to air playoff games on the NBC network with some regular season games exclusive to the Peacock streaming service. Now it's all segmented. Yeah, it's very muddy. Oh, it's all fragmented. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better, that's the one I yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah. 
fragmented. Where's my game? T- Honey, where's my game tonight? <laughs> Isn't it on that peacock thing? I believe they moved it to the... I, 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 where's my peacock? You're just trying to watch the game, Will. That's me? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I'm just saying anybody, you know? They're just trying to watch the game, and a lot yeah. of people, they don't want to... The complexity of 17 different services, sure, sure. and then all of a sudden, uh, you, it, YouTube has four games, and Amazon yeah, has seven, exclusives. and Apple has 12. It doesn't really work that well for sports, because yeah. that's a real habit thing. And it's, you imagine if this show, Will, all, all of a sudden on a Wednesday, we're on Peacock only, and then Thursday, we come back over here. Yeah. And then Friday, it's Hulu, and uh-huh. Saturday, it's Apple TV Plus. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's confusing. But anyway, you know, good luck. Uh, 50% rejection rate for iPhone. Oh, this is the story I was talking about. This is the one. You you snuck it in there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. 50% rejection rate for iPhone casings produced in India. Shows the scale of Apple's challenge. This is what I'm saying. So, yes, you can move around. Yes, you can train new facilities. Yes, you can find ways to diversify your supply chain, production, Nation to nation, plant to plant, partner to partner. But there's going to be some collateral damage going on here. I don't even know if you want to call it that. This is probably expected, to be honest. Yeah. Where you would say, all right, well, the yield is going to go down. We're going to be doing the training in in a place like India. And eventually, we're going to get up to where we need to be. But in the meantime, we got to be able to be willing and capable of swallowing those costs of chucking that stuff in the trash that that gets rejected. Or I guess it could get rejected and maybe repurposed. But a 50% rejection rate feels high. I don't know. 50% rejection rate for iPhone casings produced by an Indian company is a stark illustration of the difficulties Apple's facing in reducing its dependence on China. Apple's target for casings that fail to pass quality control is 0%, with Chinese suppliers reportedly getting extremely close to this. 0% rejection is what they're used to. That's impressive. Well, I said 0%. They're like, but it's point. Zero zero two. Tim's over there himself. Yeah. Full leather. Cracking the whip. Full leather. Talk. Allegedly. <laughs> well, how long did it take for China to get to a hundred or zero percent? You know? yeah, time. Could it took, have been years. Could have been decades. years. Could have been years. The attitude of Indian suppliers is also said to compare poorly with the can-do approach of Chinese companies, with one former Apple engineer saying that there is no sense of urgency in its Indian supply chain. Ooh, shots fired. And, of course, it's, like, anonymous and everything else, but you know it's controversial against people talking. He basically just said, there's no rush in the Indian facility, but in the Chinese facility, oh, baby. Yeah. They were moving. At iPhone Casey's factory in... Hosher, Hosher, run by Indian conglomerate Tata, one of Apple's suppliers. Just about one out of every two components coming off the production line is isn't good enough, is in good enough shape to eventually be sent to Foxconn to be assembled into an iPhone. This 50% yield fares badly compared with Apple's goal for zero defects. Two people that have worked in Apple's offshore operations said the factory is on a plan towards improving proficiency, but the road ahead is long. Yeah, you got to get from 50 to zero. That is a big gap. I have confidence they'll figure it out, Will. 
Don't ask me why I just do. I feel, you know, it's a, it's a matter of time when the, if the incentive structure is there and if, if Apple is aggressive, as aggressive as it seems they are at diversifying what's going on, then other nations are going to, they're going to find a way, or I don't know, maybe you can listen to this other guy that says they won't or, or that there's something mm -hmm. special about what already existed. Who knows? Maybe maybe Apple can still chuck out 50%. It's still worth it for them. Like, I don't know their financials on that level from from plant to plant, part to part when it comes to this casing. But I just, you have to expect that it's going to take time to get anywhere close. Gotcha. You got to expect it. I do, yeah. Indians go India's government wants total control of the internet. Speaking of India. Excuse me, I'd like, how much, con excuse me, uh, how much control, total? Total. Yeah, total. I'll just have total. It's fine. Simpler that way. Yeah. Total. Then I don't have to say 80, 75, yeah. 62. No you, fragmentation here. You give me total control, you relax. You understand? Uh-huh. Uh, new powers. Big tech keeps giving in. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. We know that they made special concessions in other regions. Of course, uh, just like our last... Uh, our last article there, comparative China, India. Well, China's, they got their own. Uh, you might call it total control, allegedly. You know what this reminds me of? We did a story about Russia, okay. and there was a really specific term. Remember Splinternet? No, I don't remember this at you all. You don't remember Splinternet? Yeah, okay, maybe okay, I do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like an the internet. In splintered internet. Yeah. Splinternet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you loved it. You never forgot about it. Yeah, that just keeps coming into my head, like North Korea probably. Just the different versions of the internet that are seen around the globe yeah. and the different realities created sure. by those different internets. And never mind internets, just media in general, right? Mm -hmm. Media can be spitting out completely different narratives depending on the region that you're in. And having you believe one reality that the rest of the world would think is crazy. And then on the flip side, the rest of the world living inside of a reality that to your group would then be crazy. It creates a splintering effect. It reminds me of social media. Hence the name. And the silos that exist and the chambers that exist where the only thing that is true is what the one group believes to be true and then mm -hmm. surrounds themselves with and amplifies and so forth. It's been well documented. The fact is, here's the quote, that emergency powers are for something which is a very serious grave security implication that threatens the sovereignty of the nation, the peace of the nation. Hmm. Using that, the government has banned a documentary that talks about something that happened years ago. Hmm. Oh, I've heard about this. So there was, there's a documentary that's been created on, by the BBC on the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Modi, and he's not into it. They're yeah. not into it. Yeah, They're not much. liking it. Yeah. And so they tried to ban it, but now, you know, people are going to go out of their way to get it. Uh-huh. And <sighs> screenings at universities have been banned. In one case, students said authorities shut off electricity and the Internet to stop it being shown. Oh, my God. Now you want to see it so badly. Don't they know the effect, Will? Yeah. Now, there's nothing I want to see more now. Now I want to see this. <laughs> you're turning off the you're, – you're shutting down the power. They're going to shut down our studio. What What did they put Nobody's in there? Coming. That's so salacious that you got to shut down the power. What could, it, what could it possibly be in there? Wow. 
The chilling effect of the Indian government's multi-dimensional squeeze on the internet over the past few years, the administration has handed itself new powers that tighten control over online content, allowing authorities to legally intercept messages, break encryption, and shut down telecoms networks during moments of political turmoil. In 2021 alone, the government resorted to internet blackouts more than 100 times over the past 10 months. The administration has banned over 200 YouTube channels, accusing them of spreading disinformation or threatening national security. This issue is not as simple as it seems because there is an argument to sovereignty and um, safety, right? It's been talked about in in a lot of nations as far as, oh, you know, which companies, which software are we going to allow here? What data collection that ends up in a foreign place could possibly compromise us in one way or another. This discussion is happening almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's the extent to which to which it happens, and to the extent to which it is uh, enforced. That mm-hmm. seems to be the gray area. How much of it do you want to accept in exchange for your supposed safety? And where is it overreaching? And mm-hmm. where is it only in the best interest of the few that happen to be in power? It's a t- difficult, to con- you know, they got rid of TikTok a long time ago. They yep. said, no, no, thank you, bite dance. And everyone was like, what? But then they say, hey, you can't see the documentary about me. And everyone goes, well, they got a different. That's another gray area. They got a different one, don't they? Uh-huh. And then certainly in China as well. This is the one thing, like, you know, listen, there's the narrative in North America of what how people in China feel, and then there's the actuality of how and what people in China are talking about. Yeah, just the regular citizen. And it's different. Yeah, it's different. Well, and this is even even with the knowing of the variety of apps and tracking and whatever else is going on, people are going to talk. Will mm. people are people still? Will don't get me started. Splinternet. Don't get me started. Tesla is preparing to launch its new autopilot hardware 4.0. Look at that. Look at that little board. That's cool. Don't eh? you want one of those, the Tesla chips right on there? Yeah. Oh, baby. It's making me. I just want to hold it. I, I want it in my pocket. I think Tesla should just, I want a GPU from Tesla. Yeah. You understand? No, I got that's not happening anytime soon, but autopilot hardware 4.0 is happening sometime soon, and we're all going to feel left out because guess what? Elon stated no retrofit capability. He's like, nah, we don't, we're not really interested in that. We're just gonna roll. We're just gonna get this sick new hardware for yeah. new customers. Forget about those old. You can't. We're not gonna swap it in there. Well, maybe they can't. There've been quite a few indications that major hardware changes are coming in December. Tesla pl- uh, said they're planning to add uh, new sensors as soon as this month. We talked about those new sensors previously. Additionally. Uh, Tesla Model 3 prototype that potentially featured the new self-driving hardware suite was spotted. And then a report coming out of China showed that Tesla applied with regulators for modifications to its vehicles, including new autopilot cameras. I think it was higher resolution cameras was the uh, rumor. It's going to see better. Tesla Forum TFF has a tracker that allows you to see all the changes that are coming. So here we go. We got a nice little list. Generation 4 complex vehicle control system, also known as autopilot, new car computer and GNSS antenna, introduction of Gen 3 inverters to drive units, change to automatic dipped and main beam sensor, unification of Model X brake system application, 
Introduction of a new state arm for the Model X interior rear view mirror. Update to the manufacturer's engine code. Update to the vehicle's rear badging, of which there's a visual of. How it's a subtle change to the rear. Mm. And update to the vehicle's maximum speed, which I didn't know this because I don't drive like a complete psychopath or take my plaid on the track, but the plaid has never reached via a software limit. It's never reached its top speed, mm. except for those that actually hacked their vehicle to bypass that governing limit right. inside the software. And the reason for that, Will, is something I've talked about extensively on this show. The reason is brakes. You can't have those little steel brakes in there, right? You can't have, you can't stop a car with that weight at that speed in a responsible fashion with those brakes. So supposedly when the carbon ceramic brake option actually became available, and it is on their site, but it's never been available. They're like coming soon or not available or whatever it is that they say. Then with those installed, it would unlock this top speed. And here, here now they're saying early 2023 uh, for the release of this much better brake system for your Plaid. But in the meantime, some people have hacked it. They've, of course, gone to the top speed, and they probably haven't slammed on the current brake system. By the way, this carbon ceramic brake kit, 20 grand. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, 20 grand for your brakes. So if, for those that are unfamiliar with carbon ceramic brake systems, they cost a little bit. Uh-huh. And you probably don't need to be traveling at top speed anyway, I'm just going to say. But who knows? Hey, you go to the track, you do, you, do your, you do your things on the closed circuit mm. or the Autobahn or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk insists he's restricting Ukraine's access to Starlink because Zelensky could start World War III. Uh, so uh, famously, when this whole stuff was happening, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point, even more so for anybody involved in that conflict, initially they were just shipping all types of Starlink over there. Mm -hmm. And Elon was like, okay, no problem. You got to be connected, whatever. We'll see what we can do. And it was, it was uh, all types of equipment that was showing up and keeping those forces connected and in communication and that's huge in any kind of military scenario communications as you imagine will it lets you know where and when an attack might be coming it lets you um uh create a kind of uh, what would you say traps and yeah do you know what i'm saying here you got to have communication up and running uh -huh. or you're at a huge disadvantage uh -huh. so when the communication went down they were extremely limited and elon comes in and goes all right I'll, I'll help you out. Starlink and activated. Starlink is on its way. But then, then more recently, he's become vocal about, like, hey, we got to shut this thing down. We got to, I mean, the war in general. He's been, like, the, the that there's an increased risk of the thing turning into a world war and that he's become a lot more uh, critical in general. And using Starlink as some sort of, like, enabler well maybe exactly that starlink would be in any way connected affiliated to this potential world war three so apparently and i don't even know how you do something like this but apparently what has been done with starlink now is to restrict its ability in a very oh in a very specific way to restrict its ability to strike a target yeah. in within russia that that would be the key line to be crossed. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He will disable 
satellite broadband use for any potential strike on Russian soil. He doesn't want it to go the other way. He's like, defending yourself is one thing. You go and then attack that soil and escalate the situation. But I don't even know, does he mean he's going to shut it down completely if the strike takes place? Or can you actually... Control the strikes? This seems complex. His specific worry is that his satellite-based broadband provider could be used to mount long-range drone strikes in Russian territory that might herald a new, more horrific phase of the war. In early December, Kiev hit two targets hundreds of miles from its border, a politically controversial issue that some argue could transform a war of liberation into an offensive one. Mm. We will not enable escalation of conflict that may lead to World War III. This is what he Musk posted on Sunday. And then Russia, on their end, also threatened to shoot down Musk's Starlink satellites in low Earth orbit. They're like, we'll just pop rose ones out of the sky. Mm. It's pretty wild. So anyway, I guess there's a way to do this. I don't know if it would be preemptive or after the fact, but he's made his position known on this. You can't Uh go get. And his position is incredibly hard to avoid at this point because Elon, like, unlocked God mode on Twitter. I don't know if you heard of this this story. Mm. Mm. He he his yeah. you cannot get away from his tweets now. This was maybe like the top story today uh, when I got on Twitter. Oh really? Seven hundred Elon tweets, replies, likes, all Elon activity unlocked like a faucet, and I wasn't the only one uh, that noticed it. There was a number of uh, websites that actually picked up on this as well. Here we have The Verge, for example. Twitter is just showing everyone all of Elon's tweets right now. And you may recall there was the rumor of him being pissed that he's like, hey, man, my reach is down. And Let's they, fire some uh, head Twitter guys, engineers, yeah, because I mean, of this. Or, or hold them hostage until they unlock the faucet. I want the Elon faucet button. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a lot of people noticed this all at the same time. And I don't know if it was just reposts or whatever, but even I noticed it. I was like, whoa, what happened? Like, I follow Elon. But it was all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, the for you was hijacked. Hmm. It was just Elon fest. And I don't know if he took it too far or if somebody, he's like, hey, just, I need a little more reach. And they were just like, okay, how about all of it? Whoa. And the same goes with the interaction on the tweets. But That's not good. Not a, you're not it, happy with that? Not is it showing look. his replies too? Dude, it's out of control. Several of us here at The Verge are seeing more Musk replies than usual. And I personally counted five at the very top of my feed with many more sprinkled sprinkled between all the other tweets. It's true for other accounts that don't even follow Musk. Like, it was just like, I'm telling you, on my feed, it was the same thing. Wow. Uh, And he's kind of playing into it. If you go to his account right now, go to his account. It's it's hilarious. Watch this. Look at these. he's, He's just making jokes about it. Scroll down. Yeah, he goes, stay tuned. We'll make adjustments to the algorithm. Now keep going down even more. Even more than that. And look at that. Elon's tweets, Twitter. Yeah. He's like saying that you're you're getting it. You're getting yeah, it. Yeah. Or he's making a joke about it. But anyway, that has 92 million views. Hmm. So, or not, yeah, 92 million impressions, whatever that almost a million likes like he's i'm telling you that he put he put rocket ship status on his own account and now people are skeptical they're like oh this is i guess i guess when you're in charge 
or or is it was it a general tweak to the algorithm to just happen to benefit his account more mm. substantially since it is such a follow account like right. somebody needs taylor swift to tweet something and see if it shows up in absolutely everyone's feed yeah. uh, isn't that a bad thing though are you talking it's about you talking about a like, conflict uh, of interest well yeah just being able to put god mode on any account but uh, like i'm saying I'm sure he's going to have a defense at some point here s stating, oh, no, we just changed the amplifier and, you know, accounts that are followed by a lot. We want to make sure that the people like, that they weren't being, uh, you know, that they, there was a more uh, accurate representation of the velocity associated with those type of accounts. And they'll have some word for it, Will. He's not yeah. going to say he hit the God mode switch. They're going to. And this is what I'm saying. We need to look at some other accounts, I guess. But. The funny, I don't think people are monitoring that as closely, and there's sure. not that many accounts that have a tw 128 million followers. Yeah. So if there's some bizarreness where it's like if you even have loose connections or you follow somebody who also follows somebody else who has a high-velocity tweet, like he, there could have been other tweaks that led to this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that it, you can claim it's more generic, but it is it could be extremely beneficial to the accounts that are enormous right right just based on algorithm tweak and this is all speculative uh-huh i mean i guess i could tweet a few things and see if it has any more or less interaction but the scale is so different like even if you have a couple million followers yeah that's not even close to 128 like 128 is a whole different beast on twitter uh-huh well i'm surprised you, you got really offended by that like that really struck you the wrong way over there no i'm just uh curious yeah. of what he's trying to do because I, I don't think this looks good on them. Not a good look. If eh? everyone wakes up and looks at Twitter and yeah. all they see is just Elon tweets, it's like, what kind of manipulation is happening? Listen, you're not the only one that feels that way. That's why these news articles were booming this morning and why people on Twitter themselves were criticizing it. it but I don't mind listening to Elon, though. Like, just looking at his tweets, they're kind of funny sometimes. Right. But it's just weird that there's so high abundance of it. So, yeah. so, you, no, that but, makes me think like, what kind of like algorithm tweaking are they working on? Like, some sort of weird, like, dark path. You, I can tell yeah. you don't, I can tell you don't like it. You don't want your for you feed to have a, a, a ratio of any one person. Yeah. You want yeah. it to be distributed. For sure. I don't think you're alone, Will. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're alone. Ram 1500 Rev loses the prototype's gimmicks and looks like an electric Ram. The new Ram 1500 Rev debuted during a Super Bowl, uh, uh, the latest Super Bowl ad, but won't appear on the road until late 2024. Yeah, I can't believe I missed this yesterday, but uh, this is the new Ram that's supposed to compete with the Ford Lightning. Okay, but they're still making that crazy one, though. Uh, Will, don't play with me like that. Maybe. I mean, that one was a concept, right? Don't play and with we me. We all know concepts. They, uh, hey, Will. Hey, Will. Huh? Don't play with me. Yeah. Okay, it's coming. Stellantis revealed his new Ram 1500 Rev electric truck with an ad at the Super Bowl. That'll cost you. Cost you a few bucks. Yeah. You say it's coming late 2024. Uh, and it's not looking quite like the lean-roofed, futuristic, brute concept that the automaker shared last month. Don't yeah. tell me this is what it is now. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me these things. I mean, it looks sick still. No. no, it does. I mean, it would it would it would have looked cool on its own unless you unless you paraded around a concept. I mean, it's the same. Okay, now a, you're mad. Well, it's a cyber truck <laughs> effect, right? It's yeah. a cyber truck effect. You don't parade these things around. If anything, I thought things were getting better, where concept cars were 
getting a lot closer to eventual production vehicles. And that was exciting. I liked that about the industry. And then they went way back with that one. I mean, it has to look like the everyman vehicle, right? At least the starting point. This is their first EV truck. They got to be careful with it. And it looks good. No? Pre-production Ram 1500 Rev now looks very similar to the current gas-powered Ram pickup trucks on the road today. Even the interior, including the infotainment screen, would look wholly familiar to recent Ram owners. Stellantis design direction for Rev echoes what Ford did with F-150 Lightning. Ram 1500 Rev will be available starting Q4 2024, according to the website. Uh, Stellantis originally said it would put the truck into production 2022. A late 2024 release puts it behind its competitors. That's true. They did have to do something. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, but look at the images originally, right? Is this, or is this sure. just a, is this just a fancy angle on it? Yeah. What? Okay. All right. That's gonna cool. keep going. Shiny. <laughs> okay. These. Fo- I like these I photos mean, better. On. I like these photos better. I'll but get- look at the, the interior. What is this? It's the same as it what it currently is. They didn't change it. That's this what, is this is what it looks like. I yeah, haven't. This is current. Seen it. Yeah. This is if you go. Oh my god. Yeah, this is what it looks like. Well, actually, okay. So it is. There's a display now on the passenger side, and there's a few different buttons below the display, but they have this portrait-mounted display in the center with some knobs and buttons around it, yeah. What? Yeah. I'm in shock. I I didn't know how complicated it looks. Well, they also have a screen on there right now that is enhancing the complication. But look at it. There's like so many buttons and knobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots of buttons and knobs still. Wow. Okay. But, you know, truck people kind of like, I mean, even the Hummer EV has buttons and knobs. The Ford still has buttons and knobs. It's not, I think you just got, I think you just got used to your Tesla. That's it. Well, I mean, my Bronco doesn't look half as complicated as this one. But you have buttons and knobs. Yeah. And I, I do appreciate them, but they're all over the place. Like, I don't know, like weird shapes. Well, in, just, uh, this, this interior is actually, there's like five ways to do anything. So, for example, you can reach up and hit yeah. a physical button to change the temperature, or you can go on the touch screen and go to the climate section. Uh, you can, there's different ways to turn the volume up or down. Mm-hmm. There's different ways. You can quickly hit one button to put the rear defroster on, or you can go to climate. You can turn off traction control with one button, or you can go into the interface. So it's, it is noisy. Like it does. Yeah. Design wise. It's, it is noisy, but it's also, a, you're in a weird spot where you have the breadth of customers the customer base you have for this vehicle, mm. new customers, old customers, they want electrification, they want technology, and then you have old customers that will hate something you give them that doesn't have a physical button for it. And so you're in this middle ground where you're trying to satisfy your old customers and attract yeah. your new ones, where companies that are new, like Rivian or Tesla, they don't have to worry about that. Like, we're a new company. There was nothing before us. And yeah, we start think from scratch. This is the better way, that everything is on the screen. The other thing to mention as far as trucks are concerned, you got people coming in with filthy hands, with work, sure. with gloves, with there's a lot going on there. Um this is the frunk. the frunk, mm. which is large as well, just like the seems like there's outlets here. Very comparable to the lightning, I would say, in the frunk. Yeah. Another angle. But but there was cool stuff in the concept, like the midgate and yeah. the bucket seats behind the or sorry, in front of the midgate. No, no, Will, nothing. 
None of that? No, I think it's very impressive. I think you'll like this. No, I'll probably like, like when it. It's actually yeah, I'm sure here. I'll like it. It's nice, absolutely. I'm sure yeah. I'll like it, but okay. I, I still hope they I still hope they make something like the concept. As yeah. a as their top end, like weird. Mm-hmm. Do a weird one too. <laughs> a weird one. I know they won't, but just do it. Do a weird one. Oh my god, this story. Okay, well, anyway, like obviously. This is kind of an obviously moment, but when you see it actually gathering traction and then you wonder, we were talking about the different realities that people live in with their information, how they get it, which pieces of software and social media is involved and which nations are involved in that social media and the spreading of that information. And then you add to it AI and then you add to it. It's like a crazy concoction. You add to it deep fakes and you add to it and you're just pouring it all in to this giant stew disgusting stew actually misinformation it's just well all of it it's all information or misinformation it's it's the pot it's all it's just data yeah it's just data just it's not necessarily misinformation it's just if things are cloudy enough it creates a ripe environment for that to happen yeah but you need it needs to be mixed with actual information or the starting point can be actual information before it gets all moldy inside your pot in this case you have an interview with uh rogan and i actually am not sure who his guest was at this moment i didn't catch this episode but he had a guest on and somebody has taken this conversation and then deep faked uh basically an angle to that conversation that never happened and then this particular clip got on was on tiktok and it gathered at least at this point around five million views i think Mm. and anyway you go you can totally play this clip right now and you can see there's a category of supplements that are very interesting work very well to increase testosterone by about 100 to 200 points well look that alpha grind product that's all over tiktok if you go to amazon and you type in libido booster for men you're going to find it right at the top and that's because guys are figuring out that it literally is increasing size and making a difference down there. It stimulates the testes, if you got those, to make more testosterone or estrogen. Whoa. So That's a bit convincing, actually. Just the fast cuts. And fast the cuts, and the circle, going to Amazon. If you're, The consistency of talking to the host or, or um, the guest. So that's 5.2 million views. And then people actually went to the person being interviewed on that clip on Twitter and they were like, what are you promoting, man? And then he's like, this conversation never happened uh-huh. because obviously it was deep faked and they just moved words around and they used an actual conversation that was sort of close and then you basically end up with a celebrity endorsement and then you basically end up selling whatever this product is on Amazon by the boatload and then you just pump that and promote that how can you police that libido booster and they do he, they have it in such like a casual conversation way well what you do here is you just go over to amazon you just type in yeah and yeah. and all of a sudden very instructive too so he, it was okay here we go the guest on the, that podcast andrew d huberman uh phd he said he says in reply they created a false conversation we never had we were talking about something very different and the other thing, too, is there's so much content out there now, like as far as policing is concerned, there's so much content. 
And that particular clip, it, that might be that clip for five minutes. And then they got a B tester that comes from a yeah. different account and then a C tester. And then just and from farms, just pumping these different versions. You can't get them down fast enough like spam. Yeah. And Rogan is like known for clips as well, right? Yes. There's you know, tons just of clips. Cutting down his podcast. And Endless supply of content to base these on to sell your variety of products with your fake endorsements. And for somebody who's just casually scrolling, the other thing is they're susceptible. A person who's just f swiping eter into eternity, into the void on TikTok, they're in this like weird passive state of like not questioning you're in this bizarre mm -hmm. mental space as you're just next and then you just click but okay you just go to amazon okay rogan said it okay yeah libido booster rogan said Play it again. Play it one more time. I mean, if you're really looking for it, obviously it's there. If you know, and I'm not ordering this off Amazon no matter what. But very well to increase testosterone by about 100 to 200 points. Well, look, that Alpha Grind product that's all over TikTok. If you go to Amazon and you type in libido booster for men, you're going to find it right at the top. And that's because guys are figuring out that it literally is increasing size and making a difference down there. It stimulates the testes if you got those make more <laughs> testosterone or estrogen is, in, is increasing size and you can tell like you look for it you can he feel it right yeah. that it's off but it's again it's like and I, I by the way i'm not surprised by it it's just what is the scale and once they get into promoting it and we know exposure is cheap on tiktok mm. it, it, once they get into putting it to 50 million instead of five and then everybody has to obviously talk about it. And then people's skepticism goes through the roof on pretty much anything anybody's saying ever. I just hope that people are smart enough to detect it and report it. I know, and but there's such mega, mega incentives for it to continue to improve. Yeah. To, to the extent, and it's, it's one of those ones that's scalable. It's one of those ones, once you figure out the formula, you're 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 making you can make it at a rate that's yeah yeah unfathomable brutal uh okay so there's like ufo craze going on right now uh -huh. everything yeah. is in the air everything's being shot down it's a whole new uh craze i don't know yeah what the word is for this but it's like it's weird with how these things seem to pop up and then it becomes so major and so common and then you're like we didn't talk about anything like this forever for uh -huh, decades uh -huh. it wasn't and then out of nowhere it's like there's something being there's something in the air every five seconds now starting with that balloon it's like everyone some sort of hive mentality that uh -huh, then uh -huh. anyway there was another object shot down uh there's more than one i guess one over alaska one over canada and more balloons and we're talking about mysterious aircraft, and these balloons are carrying some kind of payload. Mm. And so the military's out there with like a real focus on balloons at the moment, and they're finally giving a little bit more information, I guess, because people are demanding it. <laughs> like, you keep, what are all these balloons? What's going on here? 
Details regarding the object that was flying through Canadian airspace were scarce throughout the weekend, but U.S. officials now describe it as a small metallic balloon with a tethered payload. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he, he received a briefing on the issue Sunday and was told that the object in Alaskan airspace on Friday was also believed to be a balloon. The objects were much smaller than the Chinese spy craft shot down more than a week ago. What what the hell is the... It's all espionage? Uh. Like, what's going on? It's all some type of different monitoring device? Big balloons, small balloons, and they're just... It's just a common practice that there's enough of them we can that they can be shot down all the time? Were they being shot down previously and no one was talking about it till it was the big spy balloon? Mm-hmm. Is it happening... They made one too big. Is it unilateral or is it bi-directional? Because China is now coming out and saying, we're, we got, there's U.S. balloons over here. We're yeah. not the only ones with balloons. They, look at that. That's a spy. And you're like, well, I don't know what's what. Whose uh-huh. balloon is whose? And who's spying on what? President Joe Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau ordered the object, sh- object shot down. So they, get the, they catch a briefing. They're like, yeah, we're up here... Uh, we're up here in the air here, and we got another metallic balloon carrying a payload. Payload? Is payload really telling us enough? What's the payload? Yeah, what's in there? What's the payload? It's a big difference. Is it explosive or just camera systems? Is it infrared? Yeah. What's in the payload? So they can tell us something, but also not really tell us anything. Uh-huh. Tell us something, not tell us anything. It's a payload. Just a payload. It's just your, your uh, friendly neighborhood payload. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging around what's a big deal you know yeah we shot down another balloon with a payload oh. big deal north korea orders residents with the same name as kim jong-un's daughter to change it <laughs> oh. i hope he didn't pick a common name kim jue is believed to be between nine and ten. Oh, so she's been there for a while but he's yeah. like it's like, nah. Maybe she got pissed off. She's like, yeah. ran into somebody at school with the same name. She's like, enough of that. Yeah. That was yeah. That was annoying. Enough of that. Uh, dad. Yeah. What's that about, dad? Aren't you the supreme? Shut it down, dad. Seems pretty straightforward. Dad's like, okay. Yeah. Snap of a finger. North Korean authorities reportedly forcing residents who share the same name as Kim Jong-un's daughter to change their identities as something else. The orders are part of the regime's effort to build a mystique around Kim Ju-a. According to the South China Morning Post, she's believed to be between 9 and 10 years old. A source told Radio Free Asia that in one northern province, a security official summoned women registered with the resident registration division under the name to the Ministry of Safety to change their names. You just get a notice? Mm. You're going to be coming in to change your name. It, it, what's interesting about that, though, is often when you have a prominent figure mm. that adopts a particular name, it actually increases the popularity of that name. Yeah. So whether it's a movie star or a queen or a king or whatever, it's seen mm-hmm. as like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's seen as a good thing, but it's like an attractive thing. They're like, mm-hmm. oof, you know, look at all that influence. In this case, obviously, that is not the case. They're going the other direction. They're like, uh-huh. nah, we're going to take that one. There can only exclusive. be one. Exclusive. The Ministry of Safety's resident reg- registration department called the girl's parents to the Ministry of Safety and forced, forced the name change. You never know with these stories, man, what this information you're getting out of uh-huh. North Korea. 
Imagine trying yeah. to police that, assuming it's a relatively common name. They got a week to change it. I never even knew he had a daughter, to be honest with you. Yeah, same here. So that's kind of news to me. That's her. What do you think about the fit on Kim? <laughs> he looks like a spy. Some sort of a Korean spy. What do you think about the fit? And the haircut, it's a whole package deal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he's got the the Maybach in the back there. It's a little bit older, that one there. But, you know, he's riding around. What do you think? Is bulletproof that one? Definitely, yeah. You like that fit, Will? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm Just serious. I'm asking you if you like the fit or not. Um, Sure, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. What is that, a trench coat? Apparently, he's uh, quite heavy set. Easy. Okay. <laughs> he's a bit portly. You want, you're trying to get some enemies here, Will? What are you trying to say? <laughs> well, I thought we were talking about the fit here. Yeah. I think it looks great on him. Okay. <laughs> Will goes full circle. All I got to do is threaten Will a little bit. He's like, oh, you know what? I love the fit. Yeah. Second, uh, on second thought. Where can I get one? On second thought. No, he doesn't. You can't have one, right? You're banned. You can't have one. <laughs> the fashion is a That's right. one of a kind as well. Yeah, just like the name. Look at all the other people. No one else has that coat. They all got regular stuff. He got the coat. You understand? They're like, where's Kim? Oh, well, he's the guy with the coat. It's like, can I go back and change, honey, real quick? Yeah, man. He got the full leather coat, dude. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah. Take-Two CEO just dropped a cryptic GTA 6 release date clue leaked. I'm, I just, I'm writing your headline right yeah. now. This, is this the most anticipated game? Definitely. It's got, I it's would say most so. Because everyone got their Harry Potter already. That was a big deal. That was big, yeah. I don't know. I kept hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, some issue because people want to boycott JK, and then it was like a huge. Everyone was like, "Can well, that's, I?" That's the creator. Can of I the franchise? <laughs> can I not play my game? And they're like, "Nah, you can't play your. You can't play the game." No, no. And some people were like, "I guess I can't play." The game. And other people were like, "I'm gonna play the game." Yeah, and I was like, cool. I was like, "Wow, it's a good game, man." People got a. People got time on their hands. I'll tell you that. For people sure, got yeah. time on their hands. It's not even. I can't even find like. Whew, to just play a game is a relief, let alone somebody telling me you can't play the game. Well, you got to play this one. This is the game out. I got to play? Yeah. No boycotts? Are you sure? I hope not. Okay. The video game industry is shrouded in secrecy as numerous projects are developed quietly behind closed doors. It doesn't stop leaks from happening, though. And a few are infamous. As the, uh, a few are as infamous as the Grand Theft Auto 6 leak from September. Oh, yeah. We were like... Remember, we were like, uh, we can't show this footage. Stuff was being taken. It was super heavy at that moment. Yeah. Remember, like, you can't show it. You can't. But well, you had to be like, well, I watched it. Do you remember that? Yeah. But you were, I had to describe it, but I felt terrible watching it. Even you were cryptic about yeah, it just was, having watched it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so arguably the most substantial leak in video game history in terms of volume as over 90 videos of early footage were shared around the world. Despite this, the leak doesn't seem to have impacted the game's development schedule. According to a statement from Take-Two CEO, a great sign for players. We take leaks very seriously indeed, and they disappoint all of us. It's really frustrating and upsetting to the team. However, as a business matter, we're not affected. But as a personal matter and an emotional matter, our teams are affected. So they're like, We'll still be good, but you should feel bad. Yeah. You are bad. Because our teams feel bad. You're leaking. Leaker is bad. People watching leaking is bad. Yeah. 
we're all right. We'll be okay. But Willie do is bad. Yeah, I'm evil. <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh my god. Um, so what happened? What's the development here? Now we have a date. So this is more of like a mentality thing where people who watch the leaks expect. Well, okay. So just let me reiterate where the leaks were like footage from way back, like years yeah. ago. Yeah. So since it got leaked in September of this year, um, people who watched the leak was like, oh, this is where they're at right now, like currently. So they have a mentality of thinking, oh, we're like so far in advance. Like GTA 6 is not coming out until like 10 years later. You know what I mean? Because just watching like the leaks that were like way back. So, so these leaks are too far off type of thing. Yeah. That we're, yeah. We, can, we can kind of like use this footage to predict the release date and we think it's far away. Far away, yeah. And then this guy comes back and says, actually, no, we're good. Yeah, and we're then on track. People adjust their expectation and say, oh, this particular statement is an indication that they might actually be ahead of schedule. Yeah, or coming sooner than anyone expects. I understand. You know what I mean? But there still isn't a date yet. Right, but you're saying that this guy's statement is good news. Yeah, I think so. When he says, it's frustrating and upsetting to the team. However, as a business matter, we're not affected. Mm -hmm. In other words, get ready for our game. Coming out next month. All right, okay. <laughs> I guess that's good. Yeah. Adidas is looking to repurpose unsold Yeezy products, and here are some of its options. I keep talking to my kids about this one. I'm like... They're like, why don't you just give it to like um, char charitable organization? Why don't you just donate it? Why don't we, they donate it? We had it? that debate. My kids love that one. That's what the one they keep bringing up when we have this discussion. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's complicated because really when you sever a relationship like that, you're doing the main purpose is to suggest that you disagree with a particular behavior and you will end all association with it. Mm -hmm. And all promotion, distribution, you yes. have these physical goods sitting there. But in a way, if you act to put it on more bodies, you are kind of, as weird as that sounds, you're kind of co-signing or continuing to promote a thing that you sure. were attempting to distance yourself from. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this moral complexity cultural complexity, how you approach a situation yeah. like this. you got like a billion dollars in goods that belong to you, but at the same time, you're trying to create as much distance as possible between you and those goods mm -hmm. uh, and the person associated with those goods. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and read through what some of the actual options are. Uh, well, we already know they discussed how much money could be lost here. Yeah. The company's revenue by $1.2 and operating profit by $500 million. And it could be even bigger if they can't repurpose any of this merchandise. That's a crazy idea, too. You take all the merchandise and redo it? Yeah. Recycle it? In a way. You plaster other logos or you unstitch embroidery or... So that's the look that they're representing. It's going to be very, very complicated and complex. They're going to have to redo it. It has to become something new. Yeah. Oh, 
Getting rid of unwanted leftover products or figuring out how to repurpose them is a common problem for the retail industry. Reselling inventory at a discount, donating, or upcycling are different options that companies consider. Experts say Adidas is in a uniquely different position to try to make a profit off of its unsold inventory given the distinct design of easy products. How can you do it? How can you repurpose a foam runner? It's like... Yeah. So they think, okay, here's option one. Let's remove the Yeezy label and resell the merchandise at a discount in our own stores. So no Yeezy label. It's a, Now, you know, the secondary market. And they're going to be like, oh, I got the yeah. no brand Yeezy stuff. There was a drop and Ooh. then they're on StockX. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh. The banned product. Oh, my goodness. Well, they could turn a profit from it, but again... Do people accept it? How do they feel about the brand doing that? Mm -hmm. All this work would be extremely labor-intensive, and it can only be done one shoe at a time. So it's very costly to go through this process. They may spend more money trying to do that. Yeah. And the shareholders are like, well, how do you even know people will want it and at what price? Will the consumer buy it? It's more You're taking on more risk? It's just unfortunate because at the end of the day, it's just material. And material doesn't have any allegiance right i know but when you're talking about mass production the idea of collecting all that stuff shipping it back to the places that actually build it and then being like hey so scroll up option two here is sell the merchandise in smaller markets (laughs) 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 you you guys didn't hear that news did you over here in this smaller market you just buy it right Oh, man, I don't know about that either. And then destroying the merchandise. Oh, good. That just seems weird and wrong as well. Experts Uh say destroying the merchandise is not a smart move. Uh, Companies such as Burberry, Coach, and H&M have received heavy criticism in previous years for disposing of wearable apparel. We've seen that happen with other luxury brands who didn't want to see their product discounted. That's the other thing. When companies discount their goods... The perception of value associated with that brand goes down. And so they'll discard in order to avoid discounting. Yeah. What a crazy thing. Yeah. So these are your options. None of them seem amazing. Yeah. Did they suggest any other options? I see some article might be left down there. Or no, that's just ads and stuff. That's it. That's your options. Sell it in a smaller market as is. Get the labels off of it and sell it in your own stores. Or, just or with your partners. Them. Or destroy it. You guys tell me in the comments. You tell me which one should be done in this case. Or maybe you have some other incredibly innovative suggestion, which I would be really curious about. What do you do? Ontario driver has been charged after police found a mountain of beer cans in the front seat. The driver was caught February 10th during a daytime ride check. Daytime ride check. Yikes. Uh, Oh, my. Of course, it's Bush beer as well. Good Lord. No judgment. I mean, it's a favorite amongst my uh, Thursday night hockey team for whatever reason. But this is out of control over here. Is that a portable heater as well? Wow. I think this person might be living in this car. Oh, my goodness. Drinking. You know, the whole... It's got to be living in there. With the portable heater? I mean, or maybe the heater's just busted. You make a right turn, all the cans was going to fall over on your side. <laughs> but he was obviously driving it. In was the, he? It, well, in the moment of the ride check, he was obviously driving it. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But like, you see how you got the cans and then you got the washer fluid right on top of it? <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the portable heater over there. I, I want to see the rest of the... Powering car. it. 
But you imagine when you go through the ride check, right? You're just rolling up. By the way, the ride check is basically like a spot check. It's so loud. The aluminum can. You're just rolling up. Uh, excuse me. Have you been uh, drinking today, sir? No. <laughs> I'm quite warm, too, the with this heater. Rattling. Whoops, I guess they got me. That's got to be, what is that? Do they say how many? It's got like 50 cans. A driver facing a litany of charges following the ride check uh, uh, up in Grey Bruce OPP, a large pile of beer cans. Police have charged a 61-year-old with eight different offenses, including operation while impaired. Okay, so they were drunk at the moment. Four counts of operation while prohibited. Four counts of driving while under suspension. Possession of property obtained by crime under 5,000, so stolen goods. Use of a plate not authorized for a vehicle. Driving a motor vehicle with liquor readily available. Well, that one's pretty obvious. And operating the vehicle without insurance. This guy was just like, I don't, there's no rules for me here. I got... I'm going hard. I'm going hard in the paint. Yeah. And that includes basically every category. No license plate, <laughs> drinking, got the beer cans accessible, uh, stolen goods in the vehicle. So, yeah, that one is uh, completely over the top. And I would I would suggest it was only a matter of time. I'm surprised it got this far, to be honest with you. I'm surprised yeah. that this was able to accumulate, but... Mm-hmm. I guess this guy was barely holding it together until, well, until the whole thing cracked and the 50 cans were discovered upon. And the easiest day, the easiest job in the life of those cops running that ride program. They're like, what? Is it really this easy right now? Yeah. You just get the 50 empty cans. Like, we're, we're used to having a work for it over yeah. here. We got to normally ask a few questions and get the breathalyzer going and... Just hands behind your back. This, this is the easiest one we ever encountered. Is this a scam? Is this a prank? Yeah. You'd be wondering if it was a prank, Well, Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who joined us here today. We truly do appreciate it. Consistency is key as we continue this path towards um, creating the ultimate show in the universe. Weekdays at noon. As so many of you know, we appreciate you joining us either in the moment, live, or after the fact. Whether it be through watching the show in its entirety, maybe we join you in, in your car via audio only. Maybe you catch up with the show by watching the clips on the clips channel, youtube.com slash later clips. It doesn't matter. All contributions through exposure, your own exposure, through bringing your eyeballs to our stuff. All of it is helpful. We truly do appreciate it. And we will see you very soon. Actually, we'll see you tomorrow. Later. Later.